it's August 23rd, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories today. While the voting and the counting may be over, the election in Kenya appears to be far from settled. The loser of the presidential election, Rayla Odinga, has taken his complaint about irregularities in voting to the Supreme Court. While he is contesting the election in court, he has also urged unnamed foreign countries to cease meddling in Kenyan politics. Some unverified photos showing UK High Commissioner Jane Marriott shaking hands with presidential election winner William Ruto and election body chairperson Wafula Chebukati were circulating on social media. However, Marriott has dismissed claims that she and her country interfered in the elections. There was also an attempted attack on the Independent Electoral and Boundaries Commission, which had to be repelled by its security staff. In a potentially unrelated incident, Jeffrey Gutobu, a Kenyan election official who was in charge of a constituency in the election, collapsed and died on Monday despite being in good health over the weekend. One question I have is where is the African Union and the United Nations, or really any international organization in this whole affair? Given the irregularities in the 2017 election and the violence after the 2007 election, I would have expected a more hands-on approach from international organizations working to support Kenya during this process and serving as an honest broker should the results ultimately be contested. However, it seems like they are largely a non-factor. As democracies continue to decline around the globe, it would behoove countries that care about democracy to come together and strengthen international organizations that can serve to oversee and support elections worldwide. On the eve of Ukraine's Independence Day and the half-year mark of Russia's invasion, there was increasing unease in the country today that Moscow could be centering on specific government and civilian targets during the holiday. The United States reinforced those concerns when its embassy in Kiev issued a security alert saying it has information that Russia is stepping up efforts to launch strikes against Ukraine's civilian infrastructure and government facilities in the coming days. The warnings come on the heels of Russia's claim that Ukrainians' intelligence was responsible for the car bombing that killed the daughter of a leading right-wing Russian political thinker over the weekend. Ukraine denied involvement. Additionally, despite consistent warnings against doing so, Russian forces continued to shell the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant early this morning. We have an update on the case against Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan. A court in Pakistan will consider taking action today against Khan on grounds of contempt following a weekend speech in which he threatened police officers and a judicial magistrate, officials said. A conviction would disqualify him from standing for election in the future. This charge comes on top of the charge of terrorism that has already been levied against Khan. 
the use of anti-terrorism laws as the grounds for cases against political leaders and the courts as a disqualifying factor is not uncommon in Pakistan, where Khan's government also used them against opponents and critics. Elsewhere, Bangladesh will close schools for one more day each week and reduce office hours to ease an electricity shortage, a government official says. On Monday, Bangladesh cabinet secretary said that schools, which were previously only closed on Fridays, would now be shut on Saturdays. Meanwhile, government offices and banks will have their opening hours cut to seven hours a day instead of eight hours. However, private offices will be allowed to set their own operating hours. Finnish Prime Minister Sanna Marin tested negative for drugs, her office announced Monday. Marin took the drug test voluntarily last week after leaked videos of her dancing at a party sparked calls from Finnish MPs for her to be tested. In a press conference Friday, Marin said she had been drinking lightly but had not taken drugs, and was always in an appropriate condition in which to lead the country. Marin paid for the comprehensive drug test herself, according to the government's press release. A federal prosecutor in Argentina called on Monday for a 12-year prison sentence for Cristina Fernandez, the country's former president and current vice president. She has been on trial since 2019 for allegedly defrauding the state, and involvement in a scheme to divert public funds during her two terms as president between 2007 and 2015. Fernandez had previously denied any wrongdoing and claimed the charges are politically motivated. On Monday, current President Alberto Fernandez condemned the prosecution, describing the sentencing request as judicial persecution. The prosecution claims Fernandez favored firms owned by businessman Lazaro Baez, in the bidding processes for dozens of public works, many of which were overpriced or were not completed. Another significant section of the devastated Beirut port silos collapsed this morning in a cloud of dust. No injuries were reported, but the collapse was another painful reminder of the horrific August 2020 explosion. The 50-year-old, 157-feet-tall silos had withstood the force of the explosion on August 4, 2020, effectively shielding the western part of Beirut from the blast that killed over 200 people, injured more than 6,000, and badly damaged entire neighborhoods. Survivors of the blast and residents near the port have told the Associated Press that watching the fire from their homes and offices was like reliving the trauma from the port blast, which started with a fire in a warehouse near the silos that contained hundreds of tons of explosive ammonium nitrate improperly stored there for years. In lighter news, more than 150 people donned dinosaur costumes at a Washington racetrack and ran a 116th mile race to find the fastest T-Rex in the pack. Emerald Downs in Auburn hosted its first T-Rex race since 2019 when photos and videos of the event made a viral splash online. Sunday's race featured more than 150 participants, 
a new record for the event, which was sponsored by TriGuard Pest Control. Auburn resident Logan Kluduskovsky took first place in the adult race, while Sebastian Davis of Silverdale, Washington, won the kids' race. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Mike Sexton, a senior advisor for cyber at Third Way, about the recent passage of the CHIPS Act. Go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into Deep State Radio later today to hear David Rothkoff talk with Ed Luce, Rosa Brooks, and Doug Lute about the latest news coming out of Europe. You can also tune into Next in Foreign Policy, where Zoe and I did a crossover episode with Cyber.rar. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.